This is Study Sessions, brought to you by Sex Ed Debunked. In these mini-sodes, we'll discuss a myth suggested to us by listeners like you. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Sex Ed Debunked to suggest new myths, provide your own show notes, and give us ideas for what to talk about next. Now take some notes. The study group is in session. Hi, this is Study Sessions, a bi-weekly mini-sode brought to you by questions and suggestions from our Sex Ed Debunked audience. On this week's episode, we're talking about boundaries, what they are, why they matter, and how to set them. So this is an interesting topic that's been brought up a few times uh, in my community recently, just kind of talking through the different types of relationships people have. And the thing about boundaries is that it's it's a term I think that all of us have heard probably ad nauseum in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are really important in a variety of relationships. You don't just set boundaries in a romantic relationship. You can set them in friendships. You can send them in work relationships. You can send them in you know, a marriage, but you can also set them in something casual. So this is a good episode for a study session because it's kind of important sometimes, I think, to take a step back and break down the terms that we hear all the time and reassess what they really mean. And, and boundaries, to some extent, is, a, is an extension of our earlier episodes on consent. You know, boundaries mm-hmm. is understanding where your personal, you know, limits are. And, you know, boundaries are for yourself, but boundaries can change. But you're setting them for yourself, and it's your partner's choice or the other person's choice whether to follow them or not. They're very specifically not intended as any type of rules or ultimatum for the person that you're seeing. No, they're more compromise and I think, you know, healthy, healthy limits instead, um, which is a good reminder because, you know, we're talking about consent. So there are multiple types of boundaries, right? So you do have, mm-hmm. you have sexual boundaries, you know, sexual and intimate boundaries. And so that's, you know, that's more what we think of when we think of consent is the sexual and the, and the yeah. intimate boundaries of, you know, and it goes back to our episode on fries, right? Right. With, with, let's see if I can remember it. Freely given, informed, enthusiastic, uh, reversible, specific and specific and reversible. That's and reversible. that was like fires, but still, yeah. Um, <laughs> Either way, works. That's right. Um, so those sexual boundaries, though, are things like you know, what types of touch are you comfortable with? When do you want to engage in intimate behaviors? Not being pressured into sex or intimacy if you don't want to. Um, but beyond that, there are other. So the yes part. Don't forget the yes part is the important thing too. Not just the no. The boundaries mm-hmm. are also about yes. Um, but then there are other I... types of boundaries too. There are emotional boundaries. There are you know not feeling like you're responsible for someone else's feelings all the time or not having to do that emotional labor for someone 100% of the time. Um, Time boundaries, also things like, you know, when do I have me time versus when do I have you time and how often do I want to see you and how often can I see you? And then communication too. So how do you communicate with one another is another type of boundary. And, you know, the boundary you set is if you talk to me at a certain decibel, we're not going to have a nice experience. And if you use angry words with me, I'm not going to be receptive to that and things like that. So there are lots of different types of boundaries. um, And those different types of boundaries can be set in different types of relationships, which I know you have some interesting research on, Mom. Yes. Um, but before I dive into the research, Shannon, I also want to add a little something to that concept of communication boundaries and time boundaries. Because I do think there's there's oftentimes, I was, I was just teaching um, 
my class the other day about different types of attraction and relationships. And when we reach that stage where we're very codependent and, and you get very like, oh my gosh, you haven't texted me back and it's been a whole 12 minutes. That's also part of boundaries is understanding that, you know what, maybe someone has a really intense job. Maybe they're a counselor and they're in sessions. And maybe we just don't have the space to communicate the way the other person expects or the time to give what the other person expects. And that's also a part of understanding your boundaries and explaining your boundaries to whoever you want to have a relationship with. Mm -hmm. Anywho, onto the interesting research. So the first let's talk about what we think about in boundaries is romantic relationships. And what the the research shows, and this was a, um, a narrative review done in 2017. And what they were looking at is relationships and mental health. Now, most people or a lot of people who talk about that research assume it's the relationship itself that leads to better mental health. That's not the case. What the issue is, is the quality of the relationship. Mm -hmm. So in other words, relationship quality comes from communication, which leads to stability and certainty. And that's what boundaries do. They create stability and certainty. Right. So, yeah. So this research is not saying if you're in a relationship, you're going to be have better well-being. It says if you're in a good quality relationship, it will. Well, and what's interesting about that research is that, you know, I think there is this misconception um, about what boundaries are. And I think, you know, a lot of times people think that boundaries are a rule or they're an ultimatum or they're, you know, a limitation. And they are in some ways, they're not an ultimatum, but they are in some ways a rule or a limitation. But a healthy boundary is a rule or a limitation that facilitates a healthier relationship. Right. Because it facilitates certainty. When you communicate to another person where, where you are and where your boundaries are, People know what they're getting into in the relationship. So the same research that talked about the connection between good relationships and good well-being also says relationship distress is what's associated with higher likelihood of anxiety, substance use, suicidal ideation, eating disorders. So boundaries can alleviate relationship distress once again, because it leads back to certainty. Well, a great example of that, right, is I think sometimes it helps to contextualize. So I said, you know, one type of boundary is a communication boundary, right? So if I set a boundary and I say, hey, anytime that you say a mean, nasty word to me in a fight, I will just be walking away from that fight. It doesn't mean we can't resolve it later, but that's my boundary and that's my limit. And like, I'm going to walk away. And what that does is it says, it's not, it leaves no element of surprise. It leaves no element for being taken aback. Oh, you said that you won't stand for this and then I did it. And then you did exactly what you said you would do if I did that thing. Well, you're not going to be taken by surprise. And so it, you know, and and, it's, and even in a less extreme example, right? Hey, I'm not going to be available after 10 p.m. because that's when I turn my phone off to go to bed. Well, great. Right. Then I'm not going to stress out if I send you a message at 10:05 and I don't hear from back back from you. Well, or or I have a, a high pressure professional job and I'm 
busy from nine to six and I just can't text you back. It doesn't mean I don't care, but that I, I literally do not have time to do that. And, and how know, much better is that, right? How much better is it though to have someone say, Hey, I won't be available between these times or I don't, you know, I don't text very often or whatever it is. And instead of having that uncertainty of, is it me? Do they just not want to talk to me? No, if you set a clear boundary, then your partner can choose to understand that boundary and see it as, okay, this is the boundary and it's set this way. Or if that doesn't work for your partner, it opens up the conversation for compromise. It also opens up the conversation exactly. to walk away if that boundary doesn't work for you. And I, and I was just going to point that out. So you can, so let's say that very simple example about no texting between nine to five. Well, you're, you're the person you're in a relationship could say, well, that that's really hard for me. So how about, can we agree you text me in the morning before you go to work and text me once when you take a lunch break and then text me at the end of your day. Then you have a negotiation around boundaries, which once again, creates a stability so you don't have those mind games of like wondering what's going on when that other person isn't communicating with you. So it's, as you can hear, it's healthy to do that. It's healthy and it exists, it exists in all different stages of a relationship because kind of what we're talking about is right. It's, it's, that's very early stage, right? Like the, Hey, I text a lot and you don't let me set a boundary around that. That's an early stage relationship, but obviously as you move through a relationship, there's boundaries that are set in marriages. There's boundaries that are set also in breakups. There are all types of boundaries. Um, but there are also boundaries in in open relationships and in casual relationships, right? Yes. And it was interesting. I found a recent article, a research study that was just published in um, 2022, actually, in the Archives of Sexual Behavior, examining rules in friends with benefits relationships, which, mm-hmm. you know, some people think of as like the most casual relationship you can have, I guess, after hookups, right? Because you actually know the person. And what this study did is they actually interviewed qualitatively. So that means they, they talked to people and got their stories. And they looked at 109 college students in friends with benefits relationships. And all of them said that, the thread that went through all of those interviews was communicating boundaries around types of communications and types of behaviors really enhanced those relationships as well. Most of those relationships reported, hey, if we're going to be friends with benefits, they still want sexual exclusivity. They still Mm -hmm. want that safe sex. You know, they still want to be sure that things are not, um, too casual that people aren't paying attention to body autonomy and health. But interestingly, it was all about communication and boundaries. If you're going to, so people always, you know, how many movies are there about friends with benefits relationships, right? Right. (laughs) And, and where do those relationships break down in the movies when the communication and the boundaries break down? Right. Yeah. And I mean, there was that weird era in like the early 2010s when Friends with Benefits and uh, No Strings Attached both came out at the same time. (laughs) We were like, aren't these basically the same movie? And they basically were, but the same plot point, right? It was like, hey, we set our boundaries. We know what we are. But then when those boundaries started to shift because, well, shoot, we weren't supposed to be this intimate, but now we're actually getting to know each other. And oh God, look at all these feelings, which is a good reminder too, that boundaries are flexible if you have healthy communication and conversations about them. 
Well, and, and interestingly, in um, friends with benefits types relationships, sometimes that's the key boundary, right? Don't catch feelings. Yeah, and, I mean, and I you also see that sometimes as a, a boundary that's set in open relationships, uh, like multi-partner open relationships, that there's an agreement that there's a boundary that you don't have to be sexually exclusive, provided you engage in safe sex. But there's some, there may be a boundary around being emotionally exclusive. Even in an open relationship, you can play, you can have fun, but don't fall in love with someone else. And, and well, that's and that goes back to our that goes back to our episode that we did about um, consensual non-monogamy and and the different types of monogamy. And we talked about, yes, there is such thing as sexual monogamy, but there's also emotional monogamy. And there's also, I forget what it was called, but the like social monogamy. There's a social like, monogamy. Like don't yeah, watch don't that you dare, yeah, Don't you dare watch Love Island without me. You can, you can have <laughs> sex with someone else, but if you watch Love Island without me, we're done. Um, boundary has been broken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, I think, you know, again, to go back to some of the misconceptions about boundaries, I think what sometimes people perceive a boundary as is a blocker. And it's not necessarily. I think healthy boundaries actually open the the gateway to a healthier relationship when when done and when managed correctly. Um, And that all comes down to, as always, good communication with your partner, regardless of what stage of your relationship that you're in. And Boundaries and respecting boundaries are really the ultimate way to respect your partner or respect the other person in your relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship or a friendship. Respecting boundaries is a true sign of respect for that other person. Well, and and truthfully, even boundaries when a relationship ends, understanding that maybe one person may have, may need some space before you can be friends again. And those Mm -hmm. are boundaries that can be set at the end of a relationship as well. You know, not all relationships end in in fire. Some of them end just because people aren't compatible. And, you know, there may be a lot enough there for a friendship in the future. But setting that boundary of first I need some space is important to establishing a healthy relationship of a different kind. Yeah. And I definitely have personal experience with that of, you know, I'm friends with a lot not a lot, but I'm friends with a good number of the people that I've dated and relationships have ended with, you know, in the last however many years. And not one single one of those friendships would be possible if we hadn't set the boundary of needing time apart. And it's, you know, this is in the context of a breakup, but the general gist of it is like, if we want to be in each other's lives, we need to respect these boundaries that are going to facilitate being in each other's lives. And yeah, it's like, violating those boundaries is also kind of uh kind of blowing up your your chance of the relationship you do want well and it kind of goes with um hand in hand when we did the episode about the science of heartbreak part of the reason you need space between relationships is that what's going on in your body (laughs) you know right i mean even the the physiological, when we were talking about how you co-regulate with someone else, if if you have a breakup and you've co-regulated with that person, you actually need the time and space back to to get back to regulating yourself in the absence of that person. Um, and that's the thing that boundaries do too, especially in I, I actually in and out of a relationship, is they help you to not become codependent, which is huge because we know that you know, there is research that says codependency is very unhealthy because you end up relying on each other for very basic things. On the other hand, though, connection is really important, right? Well, connection is, 
is part we're we're social beings. Humans are are meant to be with other people. Um, some of the research shows that emotional support, relational support, is really one of the most uh, strongest predictors of longevity, mental health, and physical health. And as much as a lot of us like to say, you know, quote, quote, unquote, I need to work on me, which is important. You also have to work on connection and connection mm-hmm. is fundamental. And it doesn't have to be romantic connection. It can be connection with peers or friends, but connections are critical. So you have to put those two kind of concepts hand in hand in order to create a really good connection with other people setting boundaries allow those connections to be stable and secure and those are the things that make those connections lead to better health outcomes right a boundary isn't a blocker but it is sort of the uh what is it the um when you when you bowl you know the the guards <laughs> both of us are terrible bowlers i know shannon you like to put in a sports reference but bowling is not something i'm a about. great bowler i don't know what you're talking about i was on a bowling team for years i don't even use the the bumpers bumpers that's what they're the called bumpers, yeah. yes, the a boundary is just a bumper to help you shoot a little straighter <laughs> But so better, but the thing about boundaries is that they can be difficult to set, right? Like a lot of times I think it is hard to declare what you need in a relationship or a not relationship at the end of a relationship, at the beginning of a relationship, it can be hard to come out and say, this is what I need. It also can be hard to know what you need. And and that's why I think it's important to remember that boundaries can evolve, but they do have to evolve because the individual who set them is evolving them. You can't push someone else's boundary to be different. You just have to respect that it is a fluctuating process of boundary setting. But setting those boundaries, and as the research says, in the context of an already healthy relationship, can improve the relationship satisfaction and it can, you know, it can help with better communication. And I think too, it helps because it is because healthy boundaries depend on healthy communication, it also creates more honesty and more structure and more trust within your relationship. So I think the bottom line, Shannon, is be brave. Back to Gary. Gary where, right? Be brave in setting your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Because setting your boundaries is good and healthy and will ultimately help both people in the relationship or all the people in the relationship. I shouldn't say both, right? Yeah, all the people. <laughs> all the people who are looking to have healthy relationships starts with healthy boundaries and communicating them clearly to the person you want to be in a relationship with. Yep. And again, those boundaries are sexual boundaries, emotional boundaries, time boundaries, communication boundaries. There's a lot of them, but every single one of them is important. And every single one of them is important to think about um, at any stage of any relationship in your life. And you are entitled to set your boundaries and you are entitled to hold them. Well said, Shannon. <laughs> Good. So there we have it. <laughs> Good. Done. You did it. Great. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, that is our study session. Um, We will be back next week with a exciting guest episode starring a a different Curly. So stay tuned. There are more Curlies to be had. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned for the family to just keep getting closer. Uh, We will be back. Science. More science. Science. Great. Um, So this is study sessions, but we'll be back next week. And uh, as always, if you have any questions or topics you want us to cover, we are all ears. Uh, Shoot us a message at sexeddebunked.gmail.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at sexeddebunked. Take care, everyone. Have a great week. Thanks for listening.
Bye-bye. Sex Ed Debunked is produced by Trailblaze Media in Providence, Rhode Island. Our sound producer is Ezra Winters with production assistance from Shay Weintraub.